From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Abby Feuder and the Silence of the Lambs. Son of a bitch ordered a second dinner, lamb chops, extra rare, on this week's killer episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, probably 13 and up, uh, recommended. Welcome to High on Film, sobering talk about movies. I'm Chris Maxwell, I'm your host, Welcome to the show, episode 210, and part one of our Oscar Spectacular, this being the Oscar throwback episode of the two-part Spectacular, where we do a movie nominated for Best Picture, either 10 years ago, 25 years ago, or 50 years ago. That is the 79th, 64th, and 39th Academy Awards. Plenty of movies to choose from. Uh, some we've already done, like Departed, the winner in uh, 06. Um, that's probably the only one I think actually now that I say that <laughs> but what are you going to do we're doing another one now it's The Silence of the Lambs from 1991 the best picture winner of that year beating out Bugsy, JFK, The Prince of Tides and Disney's Beauty and the Beast <laughs> soon to get uh, it's remake best picture? best picture Wow. Oh, Beauty and the Beast is, I think, the only animated film nominated for Best Picture, or Snow White's in that category, Ooh. too. Yeah, it's well one deserved. Of the Rightly deserved. It's yeah. a great movie. Well, we'll see if the uh, Emma Watson remake <laughs> can hold up. We will see. We lean heavily on Be Our Guest, I bet. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the other people's voices you have already heard. The man who's sitting right to my left. The podcaster of disaster, the co-host from the couch, the walking Kevin Bacon game, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, here he is, Brad Davis. Happy Oscar season, Chris. Oh, well, thank you. Boy. Do people oh, usually clap here? No. Oh. And I love it. Clapping has happened. It's not usual. <laughs> thank you. Uh, happy Oscar season happy to you Oscar too, Brad. Season, Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing really well. You're in much better spirits than you were last week. Yes, I am. I am actually dealing with good movies now. <laughs> I would say uh, art uh, rather than the piece of garbage you and our friend Sound Guy Dave made me watch last week. Double O Kids, a great movie. It Corey is not. You that dirty <laughs> lie back. <laughs> okay, Brad. Um, how you doing on your Oscar viewings? Pretty, pretty well. Pretty well. Not exactly where I want to be, mm -hmm. uh, but I watched. Uh, I knocked out a couple more movies recently, so my 2016's in pretty good shape, especially as far as movies nominated for Oscars. I'm still a couple short, but okay. But you got the big ones out of the way. La La Land, check. Manchester, check. Moonlight, check. Fences. Fences, check. Arrival, check. Um, Hell or High Water. Check. Are we just going to do this? Just gonna get a <laughs> no, that's, that's not good radio. Yeah, I don't think that's exciting for our listeners. Is your... Or your guest. <laughs> more importantly, our guest. More importantly, our guest. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question before we move on to our guest of honor today. Is your favorite movie of the year up for Best Picture in 2016? Yes. And that is? Moonlight. Ooh. Mm. What? Your Brad Davis odds. What chance do you think it has of winning? Uh, Beating La La Land, which I think is clearly the front runner. I'll I'll put it in a percentage. I'd say it has about a ten percent chance to beat it. Whoa, ten percent, Brad? Yeah, boy. Most nominated, tied for most nominations ever. That they usually give that movie Best Picture. Yeah, probably. Fourteen nominations does usually 
culminate to a Best Picture win. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what the trades are saying. <laughs> All right, let's get to our guest. A first-timer here on High on Film. Well, I have known her for many, many years. Mm-hmm. She is a very talented improviser and co-founder of our favorite arcade comedy theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Coincidentally, where The Silence of the Lambs was filmed. Oh. Holy macaroni. What a good choice. Abby Feuder so cool. is here. Hello. Hello, Abby. Welcome to High on Film. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Everybody, yes. I'm so excited to be here, finally making my debut, and with a Pittsburgh film, it's so perfect. Yeah, I will say actually, this is your, I'd say official debut, but you can be heard in our live episode. You can't, uh, you can hear me? Yes, you can hear you. Oh. You can hear you. I can hear I can me. hear you, you can hear you. Everyone <laughs> who wants to listen to that live episode, now on iTunes, can hear you. Yes, that well that really ramped up the jealousy and uh, to be on this podcast. Your so, uncredited cameo. Mm-hmm. Just watching Mike and Robin, I was like, this that should be me up there. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Well, here's your chance. Here I am. <laughs> this is much better. You're at the official podcast table. You got the show all to yourself. This is where it always happens, right here? Yeah, right here. Oh, this is In exciting. these seats. Okay. Yeah. This is the podcast studio. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I didn't get the, the, the specs of this film out of the way. Oh, Chris. Directed by Jonathan Demi, Written by Ted Talley. Uh, his screenplay off Thomas Harris's novel. Abby, how do you feel about the 2016 uh, Oscar ceremony? Well, I guess the 2017 ceremony for the 2006 movies. I movies. feel excited, as always. Um, it's really exciting to be in L.A. visiting the week of the Oscars. We, we did the Hollywood Walk of Fame and it, I was legitimately excited. Our friend James was like, oh, this is like, they're friend setting up. Friend of the up. show, James Wong. Yeah, oh, right. there go. They're setting up. But I was like, wait, these fences aren't always here? Because I think, I, no, I, this is fences. my second time in LA. Um, but I was here a while ago and I don't really remember if, I don't think I did the Chinese theater stuff. Um, but yeah, he said, no, those aren't always there. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, like Ryan Gosling's going to be right over there. Yeah. That's exciting. It has been in the past. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Do you have a favorite movie of 2016 or one that you're rooting for for uh, Best Picture? So this year has been pretty, pretty bad with my being able to see Oscar movies. We were just talking about, um, I've seen Arrival mm-hmm. and I've seen Hidden Figures this morning. <laughs> um, I probably... Uh, so between those two. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm curious. Um, uh, Hidden Figures, I guess. Sure. I mean, that was more... I haven't liked Kevin Costner that much in decades. Yes, he was very good. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was great. Um, I can't believe... Uh, I always pronounce her name wrong. Ter- Taraji. Taraji. Taraji? Mm-hmm. Is that right? I cannot believe she didn't get a nomination. I agree with Just that. for running in heels alone. Do you know, when I was watching with Mike, my husband, I was saying, do you know how hard it is to run in high heels? Have you ever ran in high heels, either of you? I cannot no. say I have. Do you know how, do, do you remember how many, there's the song that's nominated, I think, called Running. Because she runs in the heels. All the time. Did you see the Through movie? the rain, yeah. I've not seen the movie yet. You've not seen it? That's one of the ones I have. The colored bathrooms are very far away, so. Yes. And so she has to a, run uh, all the time. Point. Yeah, she had to run a lot. And she did an amazing job. Um, yeah, 
that that's so I, I'm I'm hoping to see a few more. We thought it would be cute to see La La Land while we're in. Oh yeah, La La Land for sure. Makes yeah, sense. maybe on like the big one screen of the... too is a little more magical. Yeah, yeah. Adds something to well, it. Well, we were talking about like um, I'm not a huge fan of those two acting wise, and I can't remember. We were talking to somebody who had seen it, and they were saying that they were surprised that they got nominated because it's not really an acting movie. It's more the production of it, the... Yeah, and they're, they're, they're charming selves, sure. more or less. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Stone was a little above and beyond. Really? I, I, I did. I mean, she has a... Are a, you just enamored with her? No, I mean, I, I like her a lot, but I, yeah. I mean... I'm, well, yeah. No, uh, I, I really did think she did a lot of... There's a, I just a, wonder a, if guys like her more. Straight guys like her more. Just like, oh, she's great. And I'm like... She's like a regular. Yeah, I don't know if she deserves to be adequate. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought she was very good. I, do I think she deserves to win an Oscar for it? No. I feel like when I see her in movies, it just seems like twenty friends of mine, any one of them, that just could just be up there talking. Like yeah. it just seems like she's like a regular lady. That doesn't endear you to her more. Mm, that she's nope, like. No, I paid twelve dollars. Uh, I want you to do something that looks like acting. Uh, I, I Pittsburgh do, movie prices. I do think. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think she has a couple scenes in that movie that are. Great. She has a scene where she is doing an audition and she gets interrupted. Mm-hmm. And there is just kind of this uh, a look on her face of being interrupted while she's doing these real this really dramatic monologue. Mm. And somebody like walks in on her mid, like almost in tears. It, she has little moments like that, more in between the lines that sold the performance for me. Okay. Do I think Natalie Portman should probably win yeah. over her? Yes. But I did think Emma Stone was so better you, than usual. So what is what is your pick for best pick? <laughs> you know, uh, boy, it's probably Moonlight. It yeah. would be the one I want to win. It um, looks, I mean, I, I, I was, like, amazed by the trailer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I watched the trailer and it made me, like, I, I just knew, I know it's going to be an incredible, film. Yeah, I think it's the best directed movie of the year. Uh, okay. I, I, I found it, I mean, very uh, you know, emotionally honest. Uh, I think a very good movie about identity and like kind yeah. of finding and, and trying to be true to your identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm very excited to watch it again. It's been a few months now since I've actually oh, seen okay. it. Um, but I'm, I'm not against La La Land winning it. Mm-hmm. I really did find that movie very charming. Um, and honestly, I, I'm just kind of preparing myself for the inevitability of it winning, right. because there's nothing more that Hollywood likes than giving Best Picture to a movie about Hollywood. Hollywood. That's yeah. a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Written for the screen, despite Ryan Gosling's inability to really sing or dance. <laughs> it, it, it was made in a Best Picture factory. Yes. yes what would be, uh, what's the, what's like the underdog that they think maybe could win? What's, what's best the, picture? what's the Mira Sorvino of Best Pictures this year? Moonlight. Yeah, I think it's Moonlight. Oh, okay. That's Moonlight by Manchester. If, if anyone's going to steal it. It's going to be Moonlight. It would be Moonlight. I, but that would be a surprise. Very much so. Okay. The odds are very much against it. And I'm very much want Denzel Washington to upset Casey Affleck in the Best Actor category yes. for his terrific role. Yeah, in Pittsburgh I filmed feel Fences. Terrible! I haven't seen Fences yet. I just I'm I'm a busy lady. I run a theater. That's okay. Uh, yeah, you don't that's, have to apologize. That's fine. Yeah, we could talk about hundreds of improv shows I've seen. Ooh, <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> let's do a talk back of live improv. Yeah, shows. exactly. All right. Well, let's get into some. Uh, little more expanded Oscar talk. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Only 
one of three movies to be nominated for five, or not nominated, win mm. the big five. Big five. Best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, best screenplay. Yep. Uh, That's impressive. It is. Yeah. La La Land, is Gosling nominated? Yes. Oh, so it has the opportunity to. Yeah, it won't. But yeah, Gosling will lose, but Emma Stone will win. Screenplay very well may oh, win. Which would be stupid. That would be a bit of a travesty. <laughs> best picture, best director. Yeah, it's there very you go. good chance. Brad's nodding silently. Silently. <laughs> so let's do some trash star destroy. Our first uh, segment: three movies of a similar ilk. One movie you must trash. Mm-hmm. One movie you get to star in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. Okay. And a third movie must be destroyed, which means the only version of that film that has ever been made has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay, of Bad Boys Two fame. So. Oh, I see. You're not... Okay, right. So it'll be, say, Michael Bay's The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I, that's a... I mean, that's destroying it. I think I would watch that. Well, oh, it's not about what you would not would or would not watch. It's just <laughs> what you're willing to sacrifice in the name of other films. Okay, got it. So let's do the three movies, since this is our Oscar Spectacular throwback edition, that have been nominated... That have won the big five categories. There have only been three. One's The Silence of the Lambs, one is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and one is It Happened One Night. So Frank Capra, uh, uh, Milos Forman, and uh, Jonathan Demme. That's, that's that's a funny three of all the directors we've ever had. Funny th- The funny three, yeah. as we always call them. Demme and Foreman. <laughs> I mean, Capra's right in there, but like, not Kubrick, not Spielberg, not Scorsese, not uh, Coppola. I mean, there, I, I could go on and on. You could. You could just keep naming directors Brad, that have done great work. Not. So what are you doing with these three classics, Brad? Two of which we've now covered on High on Film. That's true. Uh, I th- I'm going to trash It Happened One Night. Oh, no. I have not seen it, but... Claude Colbert. I have a feeling Claude that Gable. won't work great in Bay's hands, and I don't want to really be in it. Be in it. So It's a really great screwball comedy, Brad. Yeah. Well, that would fit. That would suit me. I'm hilarious. Um, <laughs> I always said you could take any role from Clark Gable. And... I look just like him. You do. Um, A little mustache and everything. Yeah. Uh, then that leaves The Silence of the Lambs or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think I'm going to give Silence of the Lambs to Bay because I think with Foster and Hopkins, you'll still get. Something pretty special out of that, especially with Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. I mean, you can really never go wrong with that. Uh, and then I'll start in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, I guess the role I'll take. I'm not going to take Nicholson's role, even though that's tempting. But I want to work. I want to work with Nicholson in these mm. circumstances. So um, I got. I can't think of the character's name. The character who's like. Uh, um, the scared guy who at the end has... The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who sleeps with the... The prostitute. The prostitute. Mm-hmm. Has, he's the young big, kid. The young kid. He was a big part of the ending. Scared of his mom. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd take that. I mean, I think that guy was nominated for an Oscar, so I don't know if I would do it. Hey, go big or go home, Brad. But I'm taking that role. Get, yeah. to, get to hang out with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Young Jack Nicholson before he went really crazy. Yeah, I'm sure he was less crazy in his youth. When he was at the top of Hollywood. What? Dude, no, he was Still had his life. looks. <laughs> Come on, Chris. He's a... He's, he's a... Go ahead, Brad. 
He's Tell me how attractive Jack a, Nicholson a, is in the in the departed. He's a grizzly looking man. He's a grizzly looking man. <laughs> Abby. Okay. What are you gonna do here? It happened one night. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. The silence of the lambs. So trash means it just goes away. Yeah. Never, never existed. existed. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to do that. To, it happened one night. Mm -hmm. Just ha I haven't seen it. So it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Not my favorite Capra, but it's good. Right. Now right. It, didn't happen one it night. It did not. Yeah, oh, it did not. <laughs> it happened no nights. There we mm. go. That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sequel. So that's prequel. trashed. Not um, it never happened also, by the way. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> it happened zero nights. Uh, happened zero nights. Um, so, and then I would, I would destroy Cuckoo's Nest because I think oh. that would be fascinating would to be. see a Michael Bay Cuckoo's Nest because, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was a little slow. <laughs> Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, a little slow. Um, yeah, might, might speed it up. <laughs> We're going to get some cameras spinning around that, that, I can't wait. that hospital. Get a real critical wait. look at the mental health institution. Yeah, the way the Native American kills Jack Nicholson at the end will not be a, a dignified pillow. It won't be a dignified pillow. No. I can't be, I can't believe it'll be a dignified representation of a Native American either. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, and so then, um, You're stunned. I would star in Silence of the Lands for sure. I would get to work with, um, I would, I would play Jodie Foster's role quite well. It's a great role. Uh. I could see you in that role. I could, I could do it. I could do that accent. Um, and I would get to work with, uh, Tony. Tony Hopkins and Alex Coleman. <laughs> yes, uh, we should mention Alex Coleman, the man who gets his face ripped off and mm. worn by Hannibal Lecter. Sergeant Pembry. Sergeant Pembry is his character's name. Has taught each one of us mm -hmm. acting <laughs> at the University of Pittsburgh. He was also my advisor, and he was Brad's yeah. college advisor. He was. I he. I think he was my advisor. Two, or at least some of the time. I had a meeting with him. But it was probably So advisor. he advised me at some point. Yeah. I think I bounced around between him and Kathleen George. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who is not in this movie. She's not. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, she's the worst. She's not in any movie. So. But yeah, we, we, we know this man who is an integral part of one of the most famous scenes in this film. Yes. And, and it's anyone who has worked with Stephen Coleman, which is his non-stage name, uh, w. Stephen Coleman. W. Stephen Coleman Shout knows out. that he will mention that he's in that movie, and he refers to Anthony Hopkins as Tony Hopkins, which I don't know if that's like special between Stephen Coleman and Anthony Hopkins, or I, <laughs> if I, Anthony goes by Tony. I, I think that's it. He introduced himself to him as Tony. I bet. I want to believe he took that as that Stephen oh, Coleman and Anthony Hopkins have a special relationship uh, i've heard other actors when they're interviewed before when they're referring to anthony hopkins refer to him as tony no you haven't okay <laughs> never mind you're right <laughs> you're right fake never news mind. brad fake news fake news <laughs> alternative fact yeah uh boy what do i do i mean you guys aren't wrong i know i kind of hemmed and hawed about trash and it happened one night but <laughs> i think that is ha has to happen yeah. i mean it's it's not it's a wonderful life it has to happen no, one night. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's not going to happen. It didn't happen on one night. Nights. Yeah, on any night. It happened on zero nights. <laughs> um, but, 
I mean, I am tempted to take the Brad Davis route and star in Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, I don't for know. Two seconds, I thought you were about to say the Brad Davis role for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I want the I Brad like, Davis role. Now, it's now your role. It's yeah, now that you took it, I'm going to take Billy's role. I think it's his character <laughs> name, actually. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lambs would be fun, but Cuckoo's Nest, I think, is just a little more near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to be on that set. And Danny DeVito. Get to hang out with Danny DeVito oh. in between takes. Christopher Lloyd. That's true. I can probably get on Taxi. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's get on to a second trash star destroy category. Okay. Uh, let's do Hannibal the Cannibal Films. Mm. We're going to do the Michael Mann Manhunter. The first one with Brian Cox playing Hannibal Lecter. The sequel to Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal. And, of course, the third movie in the Anthony Hopkins trilogy, Red Dragon. Mm. The first movie where I saw Edward Norton, I said... Okay. <laughs> that was the first one? The first yeah. movie you ever saw Edward Norton? No, no, no. Oh. I had loved Edward Norton and thought his work oh. was flawless. Oh, you, you said do. okay. And then the oh. Red Dragon was the first one. I was like, oh, okay, that was all right. I thought, when you said okay, I thought that was like as in accepting Edward Norton for the first time. I was like, did oh, you yeah. see? I accepted Edward Norton into my heart. But yeah, Manhunter, okay. Hannibal, and Red Dragon, Trash, Star Destroy. I guess I will trash... Ah, man, that's actually tough. I think actually I might trash Red Dragon. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw that movie once. It's been a while. I mean, I didn't dislike it. I mean, I actually probably disliked Hannibal more. Hannibal's not a great movie. Mm-mm. I remember uh, one scene from that more vividly than I do anything from Red Dragon, though. The scene at the dinner table? Yeah, with Leota? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, seems nuts. Yeah, it's so awesome. crazy. It's so crazy. He cuts off the calf of his skull and, 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 and this is a, feeds his, Ray Liotta his own brains. And that is exactly the direction I was going, because I'm going to start in Hannibal. Yeah. I'm taking the Ray Liotta role. <laughs> awesome. So he can eat my brains. And I believe then I also get to work with Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Tony. Uh, and I'm actually going to get... I just saw Manhunter for the first time, like, in the last six months or so. And I didn't love it, but I actually think Michael Bay doing that movie could be a lot more interesting. It's a little dated. Because mm-hmm. it's, like... 78, uh, maybe? Or uh, 80? I it was more like mid-80s. 81? Um, I'm, I'm just... I thought maybe Shooting like, in the dark here. I thought maybe, like, 86 or something. But, uh, but, yeah, I'll give that to Michael Bay. I think he could do something a little more interesting with that. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess I, I'm tempted to star in Red Dragon because working with Ed Norton and Fines, that seems pretty cool. That does seem pretty cool. I then that role do I take? That's tougher because I don't remember many other people in that movie. Uh, Manhunter is 86, oh, by the way. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, good job, Brad. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's do that, and we can trash Hannibal. So then we get, like, a pretty decent... Sequel, I think that's better than Hannibal. Although, unfortunately, we lose the brain-eating scene. Hey, we all got a sacrifice. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to trash Manhunter. The, the, I'm rethinking this. Oh, trash boy. Manhunter. Give Michael Bay Hannibal. And then I'm going to star in Brett Ratner's Red Dragon. Did Brett Ratner direct Red Dragon? Yes, oh, sir. Shit, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, as, let's see, who do I want to... Ooh, Harvey Keitel is Jack Crawford. Interesting. Wow, lots of people in this. Emily Watson, Mary Louise Parker, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Damn. Yeah, man. 
Wow, that's a way more stacked cast than I remember. I mean, I saw that movie a lot. I, I remember actually seeing that movie right around when I moved to L.A., which has now been a long time. <laughs> Here we go. Michael Cavanaugh. I'm taking his part as the forensic dentist. <laughs> the role that's who I'm going to be in Red Dragon. The role of a lifetime. The forens- of a lifetime. Chris Maxwell as the forensic dentist. That's right. Abby. Uh, my choice is identical to Chris's. Oh, uh, I'm going to trash... <laughs> no, yeah. Well, sorry, in terms of the categories. I'm going to trash Manhunter because I've never even heard of that. And I thought I was up to date on all Hannibal-related things. Um, Although you're not up to date on Hannibal Rising either, the other movie that's left out of this category, which you admitted to me before. Oh, that's right. But I at least heard of that. I did, okay. I, I've never heard of Manhunter. Um, so that's gone. Uh, I will give Michael Bay... Hannibal, because that movie is already in fucking sane. Because that's, really that's the one with the, like, the Ray Liotta, the burn guy. With Gary the, all this, I don't, all the pigs. You, that's Gary Oldman? That's yeah. Gary Oldman. Do you watch the show Hannibal? Because all that stuff is now like on, that's all, that's all in the show. Uh, A lot of that. The pig scene and the face destruction. So there's that. There's the brain eating. There's, um... Isn't that, there's the part where he like throws the guy out of the window in Europe and is like all of his insides. Fall. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so in I just Hannibal. yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. The, yeah. This is all it's, it's all in Hannibal. It's oh all yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that movie would just be crazy with Michael Bay dealing with all of it. So I want to see that, and I love Red Dragon. <laughs> um, my uh. BFF, John Feitner, and I love that movie, and we constantly quote um, the scene where he is torturing Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's like, this is me changing, do you see? This is me, this is, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, or yeah, I absolutely know transforming, do you see? We always just say that. Anytime we look at anything for a while, we say, do you see? And we're weird. Um, I would love themes of transformation in and movies. thank you for asking to play emma watson's blind girl in emily watson emily watson yeah. what did i say emma watson that is different that Star is different. Of <laughs> upcoming disney's beauty and the beast this oh. podcast brought to you by disney's beauty, beauty and, and the beast, beast. <laughs> in theaters march yes. 3rd or 10th or 16th or um, something because yeah. i kind of have a rafe Fines thing. Oh yeah. So like, I would love to be. Who doesn't? His love interest, because I think that, and and I love, and I love that, like, uh, she. I love that scene where she realizes, she like the the police come and she realizes she's been dating this serial killer, and she's so upset, and he's like, and I think the cop says something like, "If anything, you kept him human longer." That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what romance. <laughs> Whatever, I love Red Dragon. Yeah, hey, I remember liking Ray it. Ray Fiennes, call me. Okay. <laughs> Ray Fiennes. He listens, so he will. Yep. Okay, good. For sure. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Science of the Lambs, more Oscar throwback, and more High on Film right after this. And we're back, high on film, talking Silence of the Lambs with Abby Feuder today. Oscar spectacular, part two no. Uh, let's get into it, guys. Silence of the Lambs, here's the first game of the podcast that's worth a damn. That's zero to two points, uh, as judged by your peers around the table today. 
Please use decimals to refine your scores as we enter the summary game. Uh, the first game of the podcast where we each take a turn at summarizing the silence of the lambs in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. This 118-minute <coughs> movie will allow us each 11.8 seconds to get out the best summary you can for those coveted two points. All right. Now, of course, during our break, we had our patented coin toss, coin toss, three-sided coin. Brad, you called it in the air. It was flipping around and around. <laughs> and you said... That side. That side. And you pointed to one, and lo and behold... It happened. It happened. What a talent. All of that, just to figure out if you're going first, second, or third. I'm going to let you go first, Chris. Oh, what an honor. Uh, <laughs> it almost seems sarcastic. No, never. <laughs> Too uh, bad we didn't watch the original cut of this film, which was 138 minutes. Oh. It allowed us uh, right? I didn't know there was two more seconds. Cut. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's that original cut. Where, can you find that somewhere? I don't know. You, uh, it's okay. not readily available. Okay. So I maybe so, I wonder. I wonder what those extra twenty minutes are. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, not until did he tell you before? Like right this second? No, no. no this he one. told he told okay. me before, but okay. still, it was I hold today. all the information. <laughs> you do. It's, you're the host. That's right. Host and holder of information. <laughs> it's on his business. Card. Chris Maxwell. Yes. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Take it away, Brad. Eleven point eight. Correct. Yes, sir. All right. Are you ready, Chris? <clears throat> sure. In three, two, one. An FBI cadet uh, upstart uh, is uh, sent to uh, question a serial killer, Hannibal, the cannibal Lecter. She does. Uh, he learns stuff about her. He helps her find a serial killer who's been skinning women alive. She finds him. The FBI goes in one direction. Right. She goes the other. Way over time. Well, I oh. mean, it just can't. It keeps going. I mean, I call time as soon as it hits. Okay, good. But good, good. My finger isn't as fast. I appreciate the sticker for terrible. the rules. That sounded terrible. I'm very competitive. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> We welcome that here on High End Film. Okay, we yeah. do. Uh, yeah, nice work, Chris. Thanks, thanks. Got off to a slow start. Uh, yeah, I, I stumbled I like a little bit. I like that you got Hannibal the Cannibal in there. That was that was impressive. Thanks. Do I, I write my? Yeah, you got your. I get to okay. High End Film scorecard right there. Cool. So yeah, zero to two points, decimals allowed. Any any decimal up to two places? Sure. <laughs> okay. It's your world, Adam. You want to go three or four at? places? Go for it. If you really need to refine <laughs> your scoring. <laughs> That much. Yeah. Is it pie rules? Okay. What What are yes. pie rules? Yes. Pie rules. Like pie. Like 3.1. Yeah. So, oh, like pie rules. Because <laughs> 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 what rules does pie have other than no, no digit repeats I think more than once? You're right. That was a stupid mistake. <laughs> pie rules. Pie I love rules. it. I love it. I'm going to give you 3.14. It's out of the bounds of the score. However you feel, okay. you need to judge. <laughs> but of course, it's your turn. Oh, I go next? Yes, okay. you do. We like to go counterclockwise okay. around the podcast table. We're such rebels. Uh, I guess. <laughs> 11.8 seconds. Okay. In three, two, one. Okay, Jodie Foster is a lady FBI student, and she gets sent to interview Hannibal the Cannibal so that they can find Buffalo Bill, the killer of many women, and she does it despite every odd... Time. Despite every other, yeah, she does. Pretty good, yeah. That's solid. Yep. Got Buffalo Bill in there. I did. Yeah. I got. I think I couldn't stop thinking about you saying Hannibal the Cannibal, and I was like, "Don't say it. That wastes time." And then I, I thought it's a it. very succinct way of explaining who that's, he is. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. 
And catchy. <laughs> it rhymes. What? Newsflash. Thanks, Brad. Oh, I can't trust you. Fake news. What? Yeah, earlier, remember? Yeah, I know. You ready for this? Great callback. 11.8 seconds. Okay. In three, two, one. An FBI trainee is told by her boss to go interview Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter to get him to find out where Bill, uh, Buffalo Bill is, who's been skinning women. Uh, he leads her to them, kind of incidentally, and she kills him and Time. saves the day. Not regular Bill. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> what did I say? You said Bill, yeah. and then you're like, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> right. He wants her to ask questions about Bill. Buffalo. <laughs> the Buffalo style Bill. Yeah. Hey, can you go visit him and ask him about Bill? I'm sorry, Bill from accounting? Could you be more specific about Bill? Uh, Buffalo Bill. Uh, just uh, any Bill. Any right. Bill. Right. Buffalo Bill. Mm. Buffalo yeah. style Bill. Good job, Rat, and thank Thanks. you for uh, completing the uh, Everyone Says Hannibal the Cannibal in the summary game. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I didn't think it would be as satisfying as it actually turned out to be. I... Totally didn't mean to do it. Sometimes you don't know what you want until you get Honestly, it. my train of thought almost got messed up because as soon as I did it, I was surprised that I actually caught him Hannibal the Cannibal mm. and threw me off my game a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll survive. Okay, well, let's move into our second game. First impressions. This time, zero to three points allowed for each player. Uh, Abby, you're going to go first, and you're going to give Brad any line you'd like to hear him impersonate from The Silence of the Lambs. So, this film it has a, a super lot to do with the fact that Jodie Foster is a woman. A what? A woman. <laughs> she is hit on incessantly. I didn't. I never realized how much until this viewing, for some reason. It's really, it is pretty much every male person she interacts with, which is every other person in this film besides her black friend. Mm -hmm. Um... And she is always getting hit on. So I would like you to represent the ladies by doing an impression of Jodie Foster um, when she is probably most creepily hit on. I mean, it's it's a tough race, but she is uh, <laughs> fairly creepily hit on by uh, Dr. Chilton, who oh. is a very creepy man. And uh, he is in, uh, insistent on trying to ask her out, and he is describing Hannibal Lecter to her, and uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, oh, he'll love talking to, to you, you're just his type, you know, of lady to look at. And she replies with her... Um, beautiful southern accent uh, that, you know, she went to UVA, which is a high, high accredited school, one of the Southern Ivies, I think. Hmm. Um, is that a thing? I didn't even know that's a um, thing. Southern I, Ivies? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope cool. you made that up because I totally It sounds it. good. I like it. I totally yeah, like it, it is. Uh, I mean, Thomas Jefferson uh, went there and Famously went to a Southern Ivy yeah. school. <laughs> Uh, and, um, anyway, she tells him, it's not a charm school, okay? Treat me, start thinking about me as a smart person, not a piece of ass. That's what you, that's what you got. Okay? All right, I'm ready. All right. Here it is, Jodie Foster paraphrasing what Abby just said. <laughs> I graduated from UVA, doctor, it's not a charm school. Good, then you should be able to remember the rules. 
Okay, Brad. Your best Jody Foster. I'm sorry, Jody. I'm sure you're listening. <clears throat> I graduated from UVA. It's not a charm school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, actually was worse than I expected. Uh, that was beautiful. Thank I, you. I thought it was pretty good. I did too. I yeah. actually thought you I had the right... I sir. Didn't she say, I graduated from UVA, sir? Oh, did I miss that? Oh, that's on me. I thought you had the we accent. Take some points pretty, off for that, but fair enough. Okay. Pretty well nailed. You just uh, the, school the school was good. Oh, see, I thought the school oh. was lacking. I, I I froze up a little bit on the school because I nervous. realized when I got there, I was like, she says this weird, and now I already forgot how she says this. weird. And you want to know honestly what I appreciated? You wanted to impersonate her being a female, so she has a higher voice than you, but you didn't do it in a cartoony way. I thought that was yeah. a good Jodie Foster. Oh. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. You did it proud. You did. I did my best. She she deserves it. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. She's a terrific actress. She yeah. is. And a good director, too. Are you true. Little Man Tate. I always liked that. I never saw it. That's good. You know what I really liked? The Beaver. <laughs> Jodie Foster's The Beaver. Uh, it's with Mel Gibson, with Mel actually. Gibson. And it's about him losing his effing mind and only talking to people through a beaver puppet. Okay. It's weird and uh, dark. Hard pass. Oh. <laughs> Mel? Uh, I really Mel's enjoyed a hard it. pass? I get it. <laughs> he, oh, Pretty much for me, too. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is a hard pass. I, I don't know how that my garnered three Oscar nominations. My husband is dying to see that movie. Oh, really? Yes. He Friend wants of the show, see, Mike Rubino. He wants to see Guts. Oh, he'll, he'll oh, get that. Do you have it? There's guts. better guts in other movies, though. I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. And the movie's set in World War II, and Vince Vaughn acts like it's 2010. Vince Vaughn's in this? Oh, he's a drill sergeant who literally oh walks down God. a line of, of new recruits and says, Your name's Hollywood! Your name's Tex! It is... And it's based off a true story, but that's still too cliched for me to swallow. Yeah, he... Yeah, and I don't really like Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. Brad, do you have a line for me? Yeah, I do, Chris. <laughs> Somewhere. Uh, so I, I felt it necessary to uh, give a Hannibal Lecter line. I mean, he has such Hannibal a... Hannibal the Cannibal? Hannibal the Cannibal himself, Chris. TM, Chris Maxwell? Is this just no, any Hannibal? No, Hannibal from accounting? No, no, Hannibal who uh, rode the elephants through the mountains. <laughs> oh, good Hannibal. Yeah, good Hannibal. Or or Burris. Burris. That's yeah. it. Another yeah. good Hannibal. Those are all the Hannibals. That's, that's all of them. Knock them out. <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, I believe it's the scene once he's been moved to the, or he's like in his now, the cage that he ends up breaking out of. And her, I can't remember exactly when it is, but he's talking to Clarice and, um, they're talking about the woman who has recently been taken by, uh, Buffalo Bill and, Buffalo. uh, whose name's Catherine. Bill, Bill. if you will. Bill the Butcher. Informally. Um... <laughs> But uh, Hannibal Lecter's talking to Clarice about it and, you know, is basically saying that there's a clock ticking and does... Uh, literally saying that. Literally does a little does a little TikTok. I'll just let Anthony, excuse me, Tony, yes. take it away. Anthrax Island. That was an especially nice touch, Clarice. Yours? Yes. Yeah. That was good. Tell about poor Catherine, though. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock.
Man, I would absolutely watch a shot-for-shot shot remake of this movie with Hannibal Burris as Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm totally down for that. That'd be a lot of a lot of fun, I think. <clears throat> All right, Tony Hopkins in what is voted as to be one of the greatest villain roles in all of film history. Come, come. Should be no problem. No pressure. That was good. Pity about old Catherine, though. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. <laughs> that was pretty good. You know, I, I just have to tell listeners that Chris looked away <laughs> as he said the tick-tock, tick-tock. Very, it get, added a lot. It added a lot. I wanted to get a little Doppler. Yeah. You know? That's, I mean, that's just getting lost in the character. Mm. That's what he does. That's commitment. That is... <laughs> and just think, if that would have been me in that role, I would have got to act with Alex yeah, slash W. Cool. Stephen Coleman. <laughs> Dream, uh, what dreams may come. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know if those are dreams to come, as much as things that could never happen. Abby, it is your turn for first impressions. This might be a little bit of a left field choice, but boy, we just had so much fun when this line was said yes. during the film that it just is too good to pass up. Yes. I think we're going to create more fans of this line. I hope we do. And this actor. Because, frankly, you know, if you haven't noticed, listening audience, we haven't said anything about fava beans or um, quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. Nothing mm -hmm. about a lotion or a basket. No. no. Or I'd fuck me. Yeah, That's yeah. That's one of my... <laughs> I'd fuck me. I'd fuck, I'd fuck he me He does have so a really hard. good voice, though. Yeah. yeah. Great voice. But I want you to do the little old mortician uh, when they get the... One of the bodies out of the lake. Is it the... Third girl? First girl killed. Third girl found. Oh, no, no, no. That's... But this might be the third girl they have, right? That's right. Uh, and Jodie Foster and... Uh, what's his name? Jack Scott Crawford. Glenn? Scott Glenn. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, are examining... Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford, there it is. Are, uh, you know, looking at the body, finding the fingernails missing and dirt under them. And then uh, Clarice notices there's something... Stuck down the victim's throat. And the mortician has a very simple explanation for this. And uh, I'll just let him put it in his eloquent phrasing. She's got something in her throat. When a body comes out of the water, lots of times there's like leaves and things in the mouth. He's very matter-of-factly like, there is nothing in her mouth but a lever thing. Yeah. And it, like, it's such a technical, like, uh, you're an idiot. Oh, uh, you're an idiot. Don't you know there's often things? things. <laughs> we pull bodies out of this lake all over this river all the time. All the time, yeah. Ew, do, you, cops, Tough do a better job. Tough town. Okay. <clears throat> West Virginia. One more time, one more time. <laughs> no, okay, I got it, I got it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> When a body comes out of the water, lots of times there's like leaves and things in the mouth. <laughs> oh, it's like, like, it's just like leaves and things. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, doctor. General description. When a body comes out of the water, it's like he's very, like, take your Polaroid discovery and shove it up your ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> but maybe it's a red herring. You're supposed to think it's him. He did it. I guess. No, no, there's nothing there. Yeah. No, don't find my calling card. No, no, there's things. <laughs> there could be things. Things. They get in thangs. the throat. Thangs. 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 Yeah. All right, guys. You can set your course. Your course guards. Course guards <laughs> to the side. Why do I do that so often? Because we're now getting no into. Warm -ups. I, that's true, Brad. Thanks for exposing me. Always. Weird. <laughs> yep. All right. Set your scorecards aside, and it's time for a more open form discussion that we like to call scene work. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast, so we start things out optimistically. Do 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 do. Best scene. Mm. What is the best scene in the Academy Award-winning Silence of the Lambs? Brad, Chris, what do you think, man? Um, boy, there's certainly probably. A couple scenes I could definitely put in there. Yeah, but best, is there really an argument here? Well, you obviously have something in mind. Well, I mean, I thought you would jump right to it. The Hannibal Lecter introduction. Yes, uh, that was what I was going to say. I thought maybe, because the scene that's kind of always stuck with me a little bit in this movie is the final scene mm -hmm. of like the night vision goggles in the house. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if maybe you were going that route. But yeah, the scene when you bring her down the Lecter's stall, or Lecter's... Stall. Cell? Cell? <laughs> bathroom stall. They keep him in a bathroom stall. A <laughs> there is a bathroom in there. I don't yeah. think they let him out for uh, restroom when, when she's brought down to his cell and he's like standing there waiting already. Yep. I forgot that that's happened. Because I haven't seen this movie from beginning to end in a while. And, I, and I, how I, different the cell looks than all the other ones in that row. You oh know, yeah. yeah. You it, pass by like regular jail cells and then you see this... Plastic. Plastic, which I think was probably... Like, I think there's so much more true crime and crime movies now that... But I feel like that was different back then. Like, oh, this guy's kept behind plastic. Yeah. You know, like... Well, he's so like, dangerous like, if you can get through the Yeah, I mean, action. they mimicked it in, like, the Austin Powers movie with Dr. Evil and yeah. stuff like that. But, I mean, I think it was different. I, I think that was new back then to sort of see how different and dangerous he looked being in such a different yeah, cell. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. You're probably right it was different back then. But either way, I think the movie... You, you're right. It sets it up that you're seeing all these normal jail yeah. cells, and you can see it up ahead of you that it's like this big plastic room that he's stuck in. Right. And that naturally gives you like, wow, they this guy is so dangerous that even like open holes and bars are too much. And for she's him to get already out. on the most dangerous psychotic criminals ward. Yeah, she's already in the most dangerous part of the prison. And walks past those people, and then it, so he's like the most dangerous of the most dangerous. Do you think they get more dangerous as they go down the line? I think so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think mean, that's the, how they arrange people. In prison. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the guy before her flings come at her. So right. Yeah. But he's not even the next one. He's two up. I thought he was the one right next to him. No, I think he's two up. I think there's a guy, mm. Migos, oh. or whatever, it's not Migos, that's the rap Mig group. <laughs> Migs? Migs, multiple yeah. Migs. Another guy, and then Lecter, I think. Okay. I, th I thought so. I didn't, but either right. way, it's kind of... It Let me get matter. the seat assignment chart. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, yeah. Can, can you do it? Can you get that out? Thanks. <laughs> the Science of the Lambs floor plan. Let's keep Migs next to Johnson. Yeah, and, and again, you get all those great lines. You get the quid pro quo, you get um, the... Uh, Misquoted, hello, Clarice. Uh, yes, that's true, too. I, I mean, I think something with this scene, too, which kind of struck me, is we talked before about how Anthony Hopkins won Follow Best Beats. Actor 
for this movie. And he's in the movie for t- 24 minutes of the whole film. That's true. So it's, to me, and again, I haven't seen this movie from beginning to end in a while. I've seen like little parts of it here and there. And to see, to go into the movie knowing that he somehow won Best Actor for this, I was like, wow, how did they pull that uh, pull that off in the sense of like, how is he considered Best Actor? But I forget that you, the movie kicks off with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is started and finishes with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, you just have basically Jodie Foster like going through running through training, the woods, running through the woods. <laughs> yeah, when we were getting the quote for you for the Charm School right before she meets Lecter, uh, I was surprised when you were queuing it up. It was like nine minutes in. Right. I mean, you meet Lecter right away. You and it is funny that even knowing that he's only in the movie for. 24 minutes it feels like so much longer oh his presence hangs heavy on this film and i think yeah i can't believe it is that really true it's it's something like yeah yeah, yeah, it's like like 24 24 plus is is that like a change is he one of the least second shortest uh best actor win for screen time behind it was an old movie yeah it is oh boy like david niven something like that uh, it was a name I didn't really recognize when you said it. I'll be able to find it here in a second. I, I but, know where to, yeah. where to go for but it. But it's so striking, the, the performance. Right. And I think they did a really smart job of actually pacing out his performance throughout the movie. Yeah. And they're kind of, you get some yeah. smaller scenes here and there. So it feels like he is an integral, which he is, obviously. Right. But like, it feels like he's almost there the whole time. Yeah. And boy, yeah, he's only in like, you know, not even a third of the movie. And you could see pitching the idea of this movie. I know it's, I guess, the screenplay is based on the book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But pitching the idea, let's say just that aside, pitching the idea of this movie, it's like, okay, so there's this FBI student and her boss tasks her to, they they need, there's this main, there's a serial killer and he's hunting women and skinning them and and we want the FBI to try to catch him. Okay, but then there's also this other serial killer who's in jail, and it, you would think it would be too much. You would think that it would be... It could be. How could you have the whole Buffalo Bill plot and a Hannibal the Cannibal plot? And it's not, because of it's a well-done film. But also, Anthony Hopkins, I think, performance is really striking. Is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the greatest villain roles yeah. ever. With such done. little time. That's what's so impressive it's about incredible. it. It's incredible. To be that famous of a villain on so little. On 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that goes to show you how fucking good you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his his scenes are spaced out enough. Right. Yeah. That's that, like, I'm... you keep coming back to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, 24 minutes and 52 seconds of screen time for Anthony Hopkins. Uh, shortest ever to win an Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role with David Niven, Niven for Separate Tables, beating him at 23 minutes and 39 seconds. Nailbiter. Oh my gosh. According to IMDb, so there you go. In Separate Dem- Tables. In Dem- and then uh, uh, Judy Dench, actually, I saw also won oh, supporting for, supporting for, like, for like seven eight minutes. minutes. For Shakespeare yeah. in Love. No, the right? Queen. No, no, no. no. I think no, it's Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. Love. I just, I just saw that as a trivia thing, and I could could not believe that. Yes, she won for like seven minutes. Oh, and yeah, that year, Helen she beat Queen, right? and she beat yeah. out. That was the year that uh, she beat out um, Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream, which oh, was wow. an amazing performance. Yeah, but a movie I'll probably year? never watch again. Yeah, I, no, well, don't. Yeah, I'm good on but that. it was incredible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Any other uh, best scenes here? 
Anyone have uh, oh, I had a different one. Opinions? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually my favorite scene is um the uh in the cage mm. in the middle the the middle jail uh <laughs> middle jail when Jodie Foster meets back up with him after he know that was where uh Chris's impression scene came from yeah tiktok 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 uh so 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 jody foster has violated some trust with hannibal lecter right because now he knows that the island that she her, her deal that the deal was fake and sent by jack crawford as a fake deal jack crawford jack crawford um i love the so I love characters that have strong juxtapositions. I've always loved that, right? If you watch, like, House, MD, he's this brilliant doctor, but he's also a drug addict. And and you need that. You need this... You need, you need the hero to have this tragic flaw, I yeah. guess. And so I love that Hannibal is this famous villain because he is brilliant... But also psychotic, and you know he's not like a, um, I don't know. Buffalo Bill is not given. He's he's a murderer, just like Hannibal Lecter. But Hannibal Lecter is this doctor and this brilliant mind, and so we see Hannibal Lecter obviously be murderous and uh, disgusting when he uh, kills the guards and 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 eats our theater professor's face mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh so i like that we get to see him in that scene sh flex his brilliance and is talking to and that's the whole that's the side that's the silence of the lambs yeah. scene yeah. where she describes they just kept screaming he kept screaming um but i love like one of my favorite lines in the movie for some reason is when he's trying to get clear i also love that he doesn't just give Clarice the, the the answer. He also kind of treats her like a true, like he's her, her mentor. Yeah. He doesn't like just... Like a student. Like a student. He's like, and I love the line where he says, um, what's the, uh, break this down to sim simple terms. What does he do? What does Buffalo Bill do? And she goes, he kills women. And he goes, no, that's incidental. Yeah. That's a great line. He kills women. No, that's incidental. He covets. And then they go into the coveting and how it's all about the psychology of it because he is a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that scene. That's my favorite scene. I, I, I from, like from to... start to end. I just, I love that whole part of the movie. I, oh, also, yeah. we talked about how it's filmed at Soldiers and Sailors, which is a building on the uh, University of Pittsburgh campus where we all met yeah and um a beautiful building and i just love all of it it's just a really cool i don't know if there's a term for the a middle of almost like the bridge i feel like that's like the bridge of a song i feel like that like that part of the movie is kind of in the middle it kind of gives it more life it's different yeah it's, well, it's the end of act two yeah i mean you're yeah. going into act three there yeah you're right Foster's going off, and that's own. one of the more memorable scenes in the movie too. Obviously, the face cutting off and the escape and all that. Sure, but even, even the before that, even the shot of him with like the Billy yeah. club of like yeah. him, like that's... like I that scene is it, 
I always know that scene. Yep. Like, that's one of the the visual yeah. images that is always associated with this movie. Yeah. And I like what you said, too, about the juxtaposition, because especially between Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, he is such this in-control, mm -hmm. articulate, uh, intelligent man. Yeah. And not to say that she's, she's obviously very intelligent, but she is the one being manipulated yes. here. And she's the one who can barely get out words sometimes. Yes. Like a very breathy she's, performance. She's... she's it's treading hard, water it's hard for her to find the words yeah. sometimes he, so. he kills women I don't, he's so incredible he doesn't even stand up no yeah yeah absolutely and that that whole scene ends with the um one ever touch between Jodie Foster yes yeah. yes the the grays of the mm -hmm. the hands yes yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean not only is that big cage that's like has really nice amenities inside it including this serial killer is I, I just feel like that set is so aesthetically yes, pleasing. The lighting. Yeah, and that, even when it's relit for the crucifixion of the guard. Yeah, it's it is. It's Steven. a beautiful. I love that part of the movie. I really yeah. do. And to be honest, it's a great little trick. Yeah. Like the first time you see this movie, it blew me away. Like I, you know, something's wrong, but yeah. you just don't know what. So then when it's revealed that Hannibal Lecter is actually wearing this dude's face. Uh. Like and it, yeah, that and would he be, dressed I, the you other could guy. Make an argument clothes. for the best scene of the film is when he, when he, when you that that is the peak of in some way of his um, brilliance, br his brilliant insanity is yeah. that I will cut off someone's face and I'm a doctor so I know how to fake this. I know how to pretend to have a seizure so they get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real good. It yeah. holds up real well. It really too. does. It really does. Uh, in a serial world, Silence of the Lambs. And still you're a serial up. girl. <laughs> I'm a serial girl. <laughs> I gotta remember that. That's good, Brad. All right, guys. If there's a best scene, it means there must be a worst scene. What's the worst scene? Oh, wait. Da, da, da. Worst scene. <laughs> What's the worst scene in The Silence of the Lambs? Anything that bothers you or just doesn't work quite well? Uh, I think we... Uh, I mean, aside from, like, the rampant sexism in this movie, mm -hmm. and, I mean, we could... That's... You kind of already touched on that. Yes. That is a problem in this yes. movie. Yes and... Yes, and improv. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I feel like Good. it does build on each other, build a scene. It does serve a purpose to single her out as one of the only females. Well, not only in the movie, but in the FBI. Like she's constantly under a male gaze, and, and, and it's you probably can not feel too that, far and you feel that pressure. Accurate, but it's right. It's, so while there are. Bad moments of it. There, I, I do feel there are also purposeful good moments of it as well. I guess. I, I guess just, I just feel like with so many, so many other things happening in this movie, we probably don't need that. Okay. Yeah. She's a strong enough That's character. True as well. By herself without having. Also, to at some it. point, we get it. Yeah. We get it. Like, I think you, well, put, every it, you put it really asking well. Her out is yeah. not something. Yeah, and you put it really happen. well. Like always under male gaze. At some point, can can. Can we just let these characters exist and not, I don't know, yeah. No, we get it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But like, um, before but, the mortuary, when all the, sorry Brad, uh, when all the cops are standing around, they're all just looking at her. It's not really in any sexual way, it's more in like, what do you mean you're in charge right. kind of way. And I think that is a little important to her character of being like, 
oppressed by the patriarchy. I had less of, of a problem with that. A male it's more, it's more that every time she's in a professional environment, she's literally being hit on. Yeah. And it, and well, it got, again, bad instances excessive. of this and... And it got right. excessive. Yeah. You show it once, I get it. Uh, and I feel like with all the other stuff in, included... Yeah. Didn't need to be beaten over the head with it. You know, you gotta you gotta hand it to Buffalo Bill. I think he's the only guy in a room with her that doesn't hit on her. <laughs> it's true. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, nice. That's, that's, <laughs> that is nice. That's true. I think he's good. Why does she kill him in the end? He's huh? a great guy. He's so nice to her. What a nice guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say the, the two things I kind of have an issue with in this movie are two kind of pl uh, plot devices. Mm -hmm. One of which is... Hannibal Lecter stealing the pen and that's his means to eventually get out when they have him handcuffed. We don't really oh, see him yeah. steal the pen. Nope. And when you're tied up like that How did like he a do that? Strapped to a gurney before and after he sees the pen. So. And it's just like, oh, he's so good he can just do this. It's like, no, I need a logical way yeah. that he pulled this Do you have off. any guess? Any guess how he did it? No, and that's kind of my problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it could have been a situation where, like, oh, he topples... Even if it's like, oh, he topples over the gurney on the bed, he falls on the pen, grabs it as he's being lifted yeah, back up. Yeah, that's a possibility. So his hands are behind? No, his hands are in a straight jacket. Yeah, he's in a straight jacket. Then, then that's how he falls mouth. and does it with his mouth. Something. Oh, well, he does regurgitate uh, it. Yes, he does. But at that point, it's already been taken apart. Oh. Yeah, damn. exactly. Damn. And so, I was ready to just pass this off, but you got a you got a solid argument here, so Red. So that scene, and I also have an issue with the scene, the fake out at the end. Whenever like the cops are at the door, you think they're about to bust into Buffalo Bill's house, and it's the fake out that oh no, it's really Clarice there, and they're at a house that nobody is at. Mm -hmm. And Scott Glenn is like realizes he's not there, and all they suddenly goes Starling, like he's concerned <laughs> so about Clarice, her. Actually. Clarice, sorry. Like, he's concerned about her, but there's... She kind of incidentally runs into Buffalo Bill, yeah. to a certain extent. He has no idea that he's... That she's gonna that find That she's him. so hot on his trail. Yeah, yeah. No clue whatsoever. Okay, here's my explanation. The FBI <laughs> are Jedi. Oh, boy. The smartest guys, Anthony Hopkins, can get the pen, move it, using the Force. <laughs> Jack senses something's wrong in the Force. <laughs> Clarice is in great danger. Mm. Boom! Explained away. Science of the Lambs happens in the Star Wars. That universe. is ironclad. That is the best thing you've yeah. ever. Not said. a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. It's right I... now in this world. Then, then, then let me go back here. I have no worse scene. Right. <laughs> you know, right? It's funny. other than the horribly sexist stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but even Star Wars is guilty of that too. Uh. So I wrote down as a worse scene besides the rampant uh, Jodie Foster being hit on. Uh, although sure. at some point that became like entertaining to me in terms of how she handled it. Um, but uh, I found the storage locker scene and uh, yeah. the totally cartoony like Eastern European guy who ran it. Uh, it just was very unnecessary. So early in the film, I, I I still don't understand why he and his driver were part of that scene. I thought it was just unnecessary. Yeah, and why the driver won't help. Like, couldn't the driver just help and then Jodie Foster can just get in easily? Like, I she guess, has to crawl under so there's more right. doom. I mean, it's probably more for out? her, like, figuring out a way to open it on her own. Yeah, and then ultimately what she finds in that storage unit is... 
The head. The head, which... Is well, that... that's Buffalo Bill's first victim. No. I thought it, it was. Yeah, because they find the moth in his mouth, too. Yeah, he that's why that. that's why Hannibal knows who it is. Oh, because so he, he killed he killed this dude before he started killing women. Yeah, this dude was uh, Buffalo Bill's former lover yes. and Hannibal's patient. Oh, who stopped coming, okay. and that's why he, he that's why he said I didn't do it. I found I just simply stored him how I found him. Right, right. Oh, I think I didn't realize that was Buffalo Bill's ex. Boyfriend. Okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. But I still think there was... I, I kept waiting for... it. There was so much focus on this bizarre extra character that I thought something would come of it. Yeah, it he's like not. poor comic relief. Yes, you're right. It's like a he funny is, accent. Yeah, uh, he's like a fool. Hat. Yeah, yeah, he had a bolo hat and like a Gryffindor <laughs> tie yeah. scarf. It was crazy. And we never see him again. Never. I can get my son to come back in the morning. Come on, uh, my driver won't help you because he's not strong. <laughs> he, he don't like physical activity. Like, what? Okay. Yeah, but you pay him though, right? It, you it, can it, just... The guy, the actor Leave felt like he was in a totally different movie. on the editing room floor. Mm -hmm. That's what I say for there. that scene. Sorry. It's time for Milking It, the final game of the podcast. Zero to five points eligible for each one of us sitting around the podcast table today. We're going to draw a card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to... Look at, reuse, uh, reimagine, reduce if, if you per prefer, uh, any of the characters, themes, plotline from The Silence of the Lambs. Create a brand new movie, a title, and a quick summary of what that movie is to put back out there and make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Mm. So, we get out the old Hollywood relic here. What a relic. Yeah, what a relic. And uh, Brad, I believe you're going first this time. Sounds about right. We are getting a biography. All right. All right. Okay. Well, you got a few people to choose from. That's exactly right. <laughs> I will draw next the summer blockbuster. Oh. The Silence of the Lambs. Michael Bay. Michael Bay's the Silence will. of the Lambs. That is right. And Abby. There's a lot of things in this book. There's a ton of genres and I didn't realize you can there were so movies. many. Sci-fi. <laughs> adventure slash space opera. Beautiful. There it is, and we'll be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back right in the middle of milking it for the Silence of the Lambs. Oscar winner from 1991. Boy, what does this year's Oscars have in store for us? I just wonder. All right, Brad, ready for some milk in it? Sure. You got a biography. I do. What do you got for us? OJ, Made in America. That's right. Hannibal Lecter, Made in America. That's not the title. Oh. Um, but it is going to be about Hannibal Lecter. And we're going to uh, show him as a, a young child, probably doing something... Um, Doing, I think there's three things that kind of show are signs of a serial killer when you're a child. It's like killing an animal, mm -hmm. uh, wetting oh. the bed, and setting things on fire. Mm. Wetting the bed? Yeah, that's a big thing. Hmm. Ooh. 
Like, Oops. like I mean, late. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like, I, I think it's more like if you're still wetting the bed at like twelve years old. Oh, okay. Like, for, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, of course not. Was... Off the hook, Chris. <laughs> Way to go. Um, so you you kind of get elements of that, and then like when he is in uh, probably like junior high, he kind of has his first interaction where it, it was, he commits his first murder, like a fellow classmate, which he's smart enough to have covered up. Um, and uh, so then he moves on and elevates to uh, what ends up being kind of his killing spree. So we kind of are with him through that as the FBI is tracking him, and we actually see the FBI and Jack Crawford catch him. It's the first time. And then we, uh, we get, we'll get little clips of him throughout Silence of the Lambs, helping Clarice and kind of his introduction to Clarice. And then we move on to the, uh, after he's now escaped and kind of everything that uh, transpires, which is more Hannibal. Uh, And then eventually, finally uh, having his last standoff, now at like a really old age with uh, uh, obviously an older Clarice, but she finally gets him and has to be the one to kill him. So in their final standoff is like him being um, a little bit at the end of his rope and not mm. being the being in an older age and not being the kind of having the intelligence slipping away a little bit. Oh so finally, that's how she gets him and eventually has to kill him in order to stop him. Uh, in the movie, The Cannibal. Okay. Yeah, nice biography title. Mm. Thank you. The Cannibal. The Cannibal. I worry about your scope. It's a long, long life. It's all right. To really cram into that movie. That's all right. Okay. It's going to be six and a half hours. Wow. (laughs) Miniseries. Yeah. OJ, Made in America. It's a Ken Burns kind of thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 100%. It's nice. That was nice. Yeah. Be nice and calmly narrated. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, you ready for my summer blockbuster? No. Okay. Well, just tell me when you are. I'm ready. Oh, thank uh, Okay, now, I'll tell Abby. Don't listen, Brad. Now I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So, summer blockbuster, to me, these days, just screams superhero movie. So, I feel like we have to give this the Batman treatment we never got. Oh, boy. Mm. So, we start There's with... There's a Batman treatment we haven't gotten? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What has not been... Done. Done. Well... You're about to tell me. Okay. Hang on to your butts. Uh, young Barbara Gordon, just fresh into the Gotham City Police Force, is sent by her father, Commissioner Gordon, um, to go ahead and interview one of Arkham's famous, most notorious criminals behind bars, the Joker. Mm-hmm. So as she does this, having a little seemingly innocent conversations, uh, there's also someone going around Gotham. Uh, I'm going to go with eating people. Um, I, I don't know if the villain that eventually will reveal actually does this in Batman mythology, but for this, he's going to. Um, so uh, she starts hunting down, who turns out to be Killer Croc, eating people in Gotham. And this is also a swing in uh, opinion, public opinion of the Batman, which is probably a little more negative. So... Mm. No one's really sure where to pin the blame. There's a lot of mistrust of these vigilantes. And, uh, yeah, so as Barbara Gordon tracks down Killer Croc, also 
running into the Batman here and there, learning to trust him. They capture him together, but of course, the Joker manages to escape from Arkham and uh, go to Bermuda to follow the guy who used to run <laughs> Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Awesome. It's Bahamas. Bahamas. Oh, is it Bermuda in your film? Okay. Yeah, it's Bermuda in this one. Okay, all right. Yeah. In Batman Hunter. Uh, uh, Man Hunter. Batman the, uh, Hunter. Yeah, that's Batman good. Hunter. Yeah, all right. I'm okay with that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> F off, Brad. It wasn't for you anyway. You weren't supposed to be listening. I uh, couldn't help it. <laughs> well, You project well. Thank you. All right, Abby, are you ready? To present your sci-fi adventure slash space opera to the world. Ready as I'll ever be. Love it. Go ahead. Okay. So, lambs are aliens. Love it. Okay. Huh. So, like, there's this whole alien race that looks like lambs and sounds like lambs. And so, uh... uh uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter was abducted as a young boy into a spaceship run by lambs. And um, <clears throat> they give him the gift of a brilliant mind. Like, they give him the gift of his brilliance. So they task him in, res in reciprocation uh, for giving him this brilliant mind they want to discover the secret, uh, the, the secret between male and female gender, because they don't understand that, because they're lambs. Lamb aliens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that's what leads Hamill Lecter to Buffalo Bill, who teaches this lamb culture all about respectful, like, trans... Buffalo Bill teaches the lamb culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a sci-fi adventure, space opera slash like liberal uh, agenda, like teaching beautiful, beautiful teaching uh, tool. Got it. Um, and the big final scene is they go to the mother ship, and the mother of these lamb aliens is you guessed it. Jodie Foster, ah, who nice. is like a Good kind role. of like a centaur, where she's like half lamb, half lady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this. Uh, no, I am so on board with it. That's a great role for her too. Uh, catch it this summer. Uh, the sci violence of the lambs. <laughs> <laughs> so you really took that milk in a card uh, to heart there. <laughs> The Sci-Filence of the Lambs. <laughs> a pro-liquid gender movie yes. about lamb aliens. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm in. Great tagline. I'm in. I'm seeing this. How can you not? I don't know. I, I, you have my money. It's, it's over. I'm pre-ordering yeah. my tickets now. I'm showing it's up at like, midnight on opening yeah. night. New York Times calls it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I like her. Yeah, yeah Peter Travers of Rolling Stones explains. Yeah, everybody why will is get Jody like Foster in this. <laughs> Everyone get pins that say like I'm sci-fi lent. Mm. Oh, nice. That's cool. Mm -hmm. To say that they're not going to give away the secret ending. Oh, that's good. 
Jodie Foster will be that secret. Talk to me about Sci-Fi like, Went to the Land. Like, like, um, like, like Kevin Spacey in Seven, where it's like not announced. It's like a surprise that you get. That's give me Sci-Fi. Yeah, a surprise you get. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> well, guys, I got the scores tallied here. Great, uh, Brad Davis. You remain the most silent of the lambs here tonight at 14.25 <laughs> points. Does that mean I won? No, no. It means you came in third place, sir. Sounds like I won. Uh, I was a normal-voiced lamb at 15, point, 15 points flat, which makes Abby Pewter the screaming, bleeding lamb of the podcast <laughs> at 16.55 points. Congratulations, That's Abby. That's gotta be because of sci violence. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Has to be. I, I, it I has to be. I think well. it was your spot-on impression, actually. That oh, yeah, that's edge. true. That's yeah. true. That was helpful. That was a good impression. I would love to do any impression you ever have needed on the podcast. Great. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to volunteer. We'll, we'll call you every week <laughs> and ask you to do a look. Yeah. Call me in or phone me in. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. we'll loop you right in. Loop you yeah. in. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. It, it, it's a pleasure. This was a long time coming. I'm yes. glad we could do this. And for such a, a great episode as uh, yes. Oscar Spectacular Part 1. So spectacular. So spectacular. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so wonderful. And I, I love being able to watch a Pittsburgh movie with you guys here. Uh, always. LA. With our yes. former teacher. Yes, with our former teacher. Stephen Coleman. Stephen Coleman. Do you have anything you'd like to plug today? Um, I would love to always plug, uh, my theater, arcadecomedytheater.com. Uh, we are, um, in the, this summer, we're upgrading, we're moving to a new space in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, Very the exciting. Pittsburgh Cultural Trust, yeah, has, uh, a building that is being renovated and given to us. It's going to be a two-theater space. We're very excited. That's... <laughs> twice as many theaters as we have now. Oh, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, we have five times as many bathroom stalls. It's very exciting. Um, a lot of bathrooms. Yes. And so we are Pittsburgh's only nonprofit theater dedicated to the art of comedy. Um, you can support us, donate, find out lots more at arcadecomedytheater.com. Yes, I encourage everyone to do do so. Uh, not only have they hosted High on Film live before, but they are a fantastic comedy venue run by fantastic people. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I I, I am a uh, e- even as a peripheral supporter, I am very <laughs> proud of you and that theater and everything you guys do. Thank you, Chris. It's extremely impressive. Thanks, Brad. It really is. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh. Brad Davis, thank you as always, sir. Oh, my pleasure, buddy. Uh, at PD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, also I actually was on a friend of mine's podcast recently. Hmm. Uh, my friend Chris Homan and his partner Corey, and uh, the podcast is called Better Than Us, and uh, it's on my Facebook page right now. I'll be posting it on Twitter. Uh, we talked Oscars, so kind of some Oscar predictions, some things that are going to piss us off about the Oscars forecasting next year's movies and whatnot. So it was a lot of fun. I was really happy to be asked uh, to come back on with those guys. So please check it out. Better Than Us podcast, uh, the episode posted today. Uh, posted this past week. This past week. So. Yeah, it, it was today at the time of recording. I'm very excited to listen to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. But uh, get it in quick. The Oscars are tonight. So we hope you tune in. Um, yeah, what, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
And yes, follow the show at High on Film across your social media accounts. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps with our exposure. I'm at Cross Maxwell. If you'd like to follow me personally on uh, Twitter or Instagram, uh, C Maxwell on Letterboxd. If you want to see what I'm watching and the handful of reviews I, watch, uh, I write every now and again. And please join us next Monday for part due of our Oscar Spectacular when we will probably be watching and reviewing La La Land. That's that's my guess. That's a good guess. My, yeah. I would love You're pretty sure. Watching. You're pretty sure. I am pretty Now sure. I'm excited. I want it to go another way. So that all of this is nonsense. I would be thrilled to be <laughs> doing yeah. Moonlight this time next week. Thrilled. But uh, Beyond yeah. words. Again, the Brad Davis argument of 14 nominations is, yeah. is tough to overcome, I think. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. We always appreciate the support. Enjoy the Oscars. Goodbye. Goodbye.